Come on, amen. All because of Jesus, he comes and he sets us free. It's amazing what Jesus does. Come on, we are here today because of what Jesus has done. Jesus changes lives. If you know Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior of your life, it, then you know the changing power of God that moves through Christ in our lives when we accept him as Lord and Savior. He takes us from sin bound to heaven, or from hell bound to heaven bound. He takes away our sins. He cleanses us. He makes us clean. He comes and makes us what we could not become on our own. You understand the changed life. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, then today's a day for you to begin to call out to him that you might experience the grace of an almighty God to move in your life, to bring change. We often don't like change. But I'll tell you what, it's this change that Jesus' lives are, the Jesus-changed life is what we should be super excited about as a church. That he comes and changes lives. Come on, amen. amen. And we need him. Amen. We're going to take a look at, we, we've been going through Luke. We're gonna, and you can go to Luke chapter 5. We're going to continue in this. We've been going through the gospel of Luke. And the more I get into it, the more I dig into it, I, the more amazed I am with how, uh, you know, with Luke's detailed ongoing description of what went on and how God led him, inspired him to put this together in such a way that it really is beyond human reason. I mean, Luke may have been an amazing investigator, but he could not have been behind the masterful way in which this whole gospel is put together. It's just amazing because he goes through in the very beginning showing us how prophecy was fulfilled, how Jesus came. He truly is who prophecy had declared through history. And he shows us in a masterful way how he, Jesus did fulfill all of these prophecies. And then we go into this place where there's the baptism and Jesus he overcomes temptation and he begins his ministry. And we were looking at over the last few weeks about the beginnings of Jesus' ministry and how he became an example for us in how he ministered and how therefore you and I can minister as we look at the example of Christ in the in the flesh and so we were looking through that and here we get to this place where we begin to see Jesus stepping into his miraculous ministry here on earth this ministry and again why does he start with where he starts does it just happenstance that Jesus began his miraculous ministry where he did I don't think there's anything with God that's happenstance. Amen. And so as we get into this place where he begins to bring real change, the two changed lives that we're going to begin to look at over the next few weeks, and we're going to take our time to press into this because I think this is vitally important to the foundation of now the ongoing ministry of Jesus and what he did and what he's saying to you and I because these first two changed lives are declarations that he is making for you and I. And we're going to look at, in Luke chapter 5, in verse uh, is 12 through 16, we're going to look at the, the leper, the healing of this man cursed with leprosy. And then we'll go into verses 17 through 26, where we begin to talk about the paralytic on the mat. And uh, again, two fascinating stories, but the purpose behind them, I believe, is even more fascinating than what it is that we see happening. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to meet this leper. We're going to meet this man who dared to go into the city to meet Jesus. Let's look at verse 12. 
And again, you can go to your app. There are, there, I tell you this every week, but I'll continue. In, in the app, there is notes in there. You just go to, I'm not, it, there's a, a button you push. <laughs> Media, and then go to sermon notes, and you can open it up. It has all the scriptures. It has some fill in the blanks, and you can follow along. Verse 12, while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. Verse 15. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Let's pray. Lord, your word is alive, your word is active, your word is able. And I pray, Lord God, that your word would go into this place to minister to each and every person. I pray today, Lord, that you would unstop deaf ears that you would open up blind eyes in this place, that we could hear, that we could see what you are doing and saying in this place today. I pray that your word would separate our wrongful thoughts. I pray in the name of Jesus that your word would, Father, bring life and freedom to those who are in need. I pray from the front to the back, from one side to the other, Lord, that each and every person would experience you. Let the God in whom they'd seen be the God in whom they'd been touched by. Minister your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to dig into this guy's story. Before we do that, though, I felt like I really wanted to set the stage, and there's a reason for this, uh, to introduce you a little bit to leprosy. leprosy. Leprosy is a horrible disease. It is a disease that comes with tremendous physical and emotional pain. Uh, it, it just, it is. Now, in that day, the people were all aware of it. In our day today, we don't really, you know, so much see all of that. But in that day, everybody knew, you know, they'd seen lepers. They knew of leprosy. They, they, many had family or friends that were, had contracted the disease. But today, again, we're just not used to it. We don't see it. I mean, probably, it, there's probably not anybody in here that's ever seen anybody or experienced anybody with a serious case of leprosy just because it's not that common here. So I want to share a little bit about some of these pains, some of the, uh, the physical and some of the emotional pain that leprosy would cause in people. Leprosy was a, ter- it was a terrible, debilitating skin disease. It started with red sores that would begin to pop up in different places on the body. And those sores would begin to ooze and they would begin to get pus filled and they would become then spongy to where the, the skin would begin to sponge down and it was being eaten away. It caused a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort. It was a terrible, debilitating thing. And what's worse is what that would then create. That would create for them, they didn't want to bathe because it was terribly painful for these sores, these wounds to be immersed in water. And so they wouldn't 
bathe. Sometimes they wouldn't bathe for a long time because of the incredible pain that it caused. Over time, it would create new sores would rise up, and the old sores would begin to create nerve damage in, uh, in those that were experiencing this. Serious nerve damage to where you begin to lose feeling in parts of your body, where your fingers, your toes, your feet, you couldn't feel them. You didn't know what was going on. You didn't know if you broke one, a toe. You didn't know what, what was going on because you couldn't feel it. And what's sad is that people could live with this condition for years and years. Even back then, I was reading some of the commentaries that reported that, that some of those that contracted leprosy, they could live for upwards of 20 years with this disease, struggling every single day with leprosy. And, and again, because you, you, you could hit your hand or hit your foot or just going through the, the normal day-to-day thing, and then the decaying flesh and all of those, you begin to become numb and begin to be desensitized and begin to lose body parts where they literally would just begin to fall off, limbs that would just disappear. And so this ongoing place where you were just being eaten alive from inside out, outside in, this debilitating disease was horrible in a physical way to those who were living with this. Yet, I don't believe that the physical pain was as bad as the infliction of the emotional pain. Imagine what it would have been like. I mean, it's not bad enough that you got this, this disease that's incurable. But to make it worse, people thought, wrongly, they thought that a leper was cursed of God for sin in their life. So everybody thought they were cursed. They thought they were horrible people that God had smited and cursed them. And so this leper, when they honestly needed help, they needed somebody to show some compassion. They needed somebody to come alongside of them. What happened? They wouldn't receive it. Now, again, don't We've been reading through uh, 2 Kings, and in 2 Kings chapter 15, it talks about King Uzziah, who the Bible says God touched him and he was afflicted with leprosy for his skin, but, uh, for, uh, with leprosy for his sin. But that does not mean that everybody that had leprosy was because of sin. Okay, that's not the case. It wasn't the way that it is. Yet there were religious people, and the religious people were the most cruel, they were the most judgmental. They were, honestly, they were the worst. How unloving to treat people in such a way. They would declare and declare to people that they were cursed of God. They would call them cursed in public settings. They called those that were cursed then, the religious people, said they were beyond mercy. They were beyond that place of touch. They were beyond that place of kindness. They didn't deserve hope. Man, you imagine how much more lonely that could make your life? I, uh, you know, I, I don't want to try, I'm not trying to gross anybody out. But I do want you to see the reality of this disease. And Michael, go ahead. This is, this is a man afflicted with leprosy. Imagine that was you. Imagine that was your spouse. 
you got married. And a couple years into your marriage, hey, what's that, what's that red spot on your back? And what, you know what? There's more spots now. Imagine this. Imagine your child where one day, you, you know, you notice a spot on their arm and, and you start covering it up hoping it goes away. Then it starts to spread to the back of their neck. Pretty soon these sores are becoming visible. Their face is being covered with these wounds of leprosy. One day they're healthy and the next day there's this rash. Those with leprosy were quarantined. Those with leprosy were, for health purposes, for public safety, they were quarantined. They weren't allowed to live in the city. They were cast out of the city. They were not allowed to be in community. They were not allowed to be in any kind of fellowship. And they couldn't do some of the stuff that you and I take for granted. They couldn't, they, they couldn't go to the store. They couldn't go into the marketplace to buy food. They couldn't, they weren't accepted worshiping with God's people. They couldn't just have dinner with friends. They, they weren't allowed to travel freely. Guys, they were completely excluded, eliminated from any kind of social life, any kind of community, any kind of living condition. In fact, the, it says they, they lived outside the camp. That's what the Bible says. These were people that were in exile. Even if that was your child. What do you do? They couldn't hold down a job. There's no way they could have a job. It's because they couldn't be around other people. It was such a horrendous condition. This condition was a horrible, horrible condition to contract. And they believed in that day that you could catch leprosy if a leper breathed near you, if they coughed near you, if they sneezed near you, that you could contract leprosy because of that. So with that all being what they thought to be truth, who wanted to be near a leper? Who, who wanted to do anything around a leper? Were you, would you want to work around a leper? We just went through COVID. COVID had at that, you know, a 99.5 or 6 or 7% survival rate. Leprosy is incurable. Would you want to work around them? Nobody wanted to. So these people were forced to beg, to live in exile. Could you imagine even going close to, I mean, how difficult would it be to even be a beggar? Who's going to come near to help? So what they depended on a lot was because a lot of these people that were exiled with leprosy, they had family and friends. They weren't just loners on an island by themselves. They had family and friends. And so what the families and friends would do is the family and the friends would take the food or whatever it was that there was a need for, and they would take it and they would leave it in a hidden secret place. And then they'd leave. And later the leper would come back and find the stuff they needed there. They would come alone. That's how a leper lived their life. 
alone. The only people that they could live around were other lepers. And can you imagine the stench of, of decaying flesh being the only thing that you knew? The pain and the agony of everybody around you. The complete place of hopelessness of all were there. Not being able to bathe. Constantly in a place of suffering with this horrific condition. And the Bible speaks of this. We're going to talk about over the next few weeks. We'll, we'll go through a little bit more clearly Leviticus chapter 13. But if you look in Leviticus chapter 13, it talks about those who have contracted and those who are then cleansed of leprosy. But it does say this in verses 45 and 46. It says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Imagine that. Total isolation. He must live outside the camp. I was reading in one commentary, and the commentator said that it really is, it's the living death is what he called it. It's the plague of this day. It's like AIDS or Ebola or, or black plague. It was just a horrible thing with no hope. Now again, as bad as that is, the one thing that happened that a leper had to deal with was that it consumed their identity. You know, at one point they were born and they were born into this world with a name. They were born into this world into a legacy. Family was so important. Legacy was so important. And they were born into this world with a name. Well, the moment they contracted leprosy, no longer were they called by that name. From that point on, they became the leper. You're the leper. Oh, you're the leper. It's where they became. And, and, and they lost their identity as a person and became the leper. Anytime they approached anybody, they were required to cry out of their identity. And out of their identity, they were required everywhere they went to call out, Unclean! 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 Imagine the response. The children go running and screaming. All the things their parents had told them about lepers. The moment they heard, unclean! The women would scream and take their children and run from him. There was ancient reports that said that the religious priests used to carry rocks in their pockets so when they heard, unclean, unclean, they had rocks to throw at the leper to drive them out of town to make them go away. That was the religious folk. And, and I just want you to see, church, I, I'm trying very hard to see the emotional devastation that this would have created for somebody. The emotional devastation that they would have experienced, it was horrible. It was life-destroying. They were without any hope, 
and no hope for a cure. And I tell you all of this because the Bible compares the physical condition of leprosy with a person's spiritual condition of sin. Oh, I'm not dirty like that. I'm not that. I I thought of the same thing. I was thinking, I'm not a leper. I mean, and I felt the Spirit of the Lord say this. The reason you don't feel like you're a leper is because you've, you've grown up in a leper colony. We are a sin colony. And we don't see the devastation of it because we've become used to it. This is a devastating disease, and it's comparable to sin in our lives. And I want you to see what Jesus does here. I want you to listen and, as we go through this, because this is, a man, this is a man full of leprosy. And look at what he says in Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. And we're going to just break down a few of these things about this man, and, uh, and, then, and we'll pray for those who have need. Verse 12 says, while he, talking about Jesus, while he was in one of the cities. So we talked about this before, that Jesus was traveling around, around the Sea of Galilee, and he was traveling from city to city in the region of Galilee. And he was going to the different cities and going to the different synagogues, and he was preaching and teaching. And so here he is, and he's in the city, and this leper is going to come to him in the city. Now, again, this would have been unusual because a leper was not allowed in the city. They were not allowed to come into the city, or at least they were not supposed to. But this leper wants to get to Jesus. He's desperate to get to Jesus. And so just, again, put yourself in this position. You can either either be watching or put yourself in his position. He comes to the city gate, and he looks around, and 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 he sees people. And there's people that are there, and he starts out, unclean, unclean. And everybody starts to turn, everybody looks, and people start to run. So people start to, get away, get away! What are you doing here? Get out of here! Who said you could come in here, you filthy, cursed of God, man? Get out of here, you leper! What are you doing? And people fleeing from his presence, people doing all sorts of things. And this leper is completely unkept. He reeks. Everybody can see. Everybody can smell that he's a leper. They can hear unclean. I mean, can you imagine for some of these lepers, they hadn't showered in years or bathed in years because you can't get skin clean that is constantly decaying and continuing to decay. Skin that's just completely being destroyed by open, painful, you can't get that clean. And it stinks. And I can imagine there were some religious people that heard, unclean, unclean, and unloaded their pocket of rocks. And and this is what he's walking through. You know, I, I was praying through this, and this was the question that kind of rose up in me. Man, what obstacles do we allow to stop us from getting to Jesus? I mean, what, what is it that we allow? Oh, you know, I'm tired. Oh, you know what, I don't know. I, nobody wants me there. Nobody talked to me at church. Listen, what obstacles do you have that would stop you from getting to Jesus that are greater obstacles than he had. As far as I know, 
far as I know, none of you have had any rocks thrown at you today. This man, again, my point is this. This man desperately wanted to get to Jesus. And so he's willing to go through all of this, and he goes into the city looking for Jesus. And, and Luke goes on, he says, and there came a man full of leprosy. Now remember, Luke is a physician. So Luke is giving us a clinical diagnosis of what this man was going through. This man was full of leprosy. This is not a guy who's just contracted the disease, who's got a little spot on his neck. This is a man who is full of leprosy, which means he's got open sores on his ears and on his nose, and, and, and maybe parts of the, the, them are gone at this point. His eyelids are covered with red open sores, his lips, his fingers, if he had any fingers left at this point. Again, I was reading some ancient some reports, but back in that day, the, the leprosy untreated would get so bad that the leprosy would attack the mucous membranes. It's one of the places that, that it really grew and attacked the worst. And literally, their eyes would fall out. Church, this guy's in that state. He's full of leprosy. And, and it goes on, it says, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face. What utter humility. I, I just, I, I was thinking of this. I mean, there's a place where this is one of the most humble acts ever. This whole scene is just a, a, an act of humility. It's also an act of desperation. But I also thought it was a, an act of reverence for Jesus. I mean, he fell at his feet. You know, I'll be honest. Some of us have never bowed before Jesus. Never seen the need. Never seen the reason. Well, how hard do you think it was for this man to get down on his knees or to get down on his face? How hard do you think it was for this man full of leprosy to get down on his face? If his condition was as advanced as what Luke is talking about, he probably didn't have some fingers and toes. He probably was in his knees and in the cartilage and different places of his body. He was affected. He was afflicted in this way. How hard and how painful would it have been for him to get down on his knees? To bow before Jesus. Yeah, yeah sometimes we have a hard time, you know, putting a pillow down next to our bed. This guy, I can imagine, he, you know what? I imagine he would have liked to in front of everybody. I mean, there were people watching. I imagine he would have really liked to have been able to gracefully take a knee. But he couldn't. And so he just falls down on his face in front of Jesus. In the dirt. Right there in front of everybody. Well, why did he do that? church it was an absolute act of worship i'll show you here in a minute but it was a it was an act he was worshiping jesus and i also want you to see this he was worshiping jesus before he healed him he wasn't worshiping jesus because of what he did or what he could do. He was worshiping Jesus because of who he is. There's a lot of people today that say, oh, you know, I'll worship Jesus 
if he'll heal me. If Jesus will just take this away, I will worship you forever. If Jesus will just do this, I will worship you. Well, this leper comes and says, you know, whether you heal me or not, I will worship you because you are worthy. That should be our attitude towards Jesus. And this man says, the Bible says, he begged him, desperately prays. He desperately prays. Again, I'm sorry, but there are some people that just won't pray. There are, are some of you that just don't pray. There are others that just won't pray. No, I acknowledge he's God, but I got this. We're so filled with our own self-sufficiency that we don't see a need for God. Or we're so prideful that I'm not going to bow down in, in any way. You may not say it that way, but that's the truth of a heart that won't bow down to God, won't pray to God. You just don't see a need. I believe there's others of you that we pray occasionally when there's a big need. I mean, when something big goes on, I pray. I think there's others of you that understand what this man was feeling because you are desperate prayers. To that point where it feels like, man, I'm just begging God. Because you absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are apart from the grace of God. And apart from his grace, you are doomed. You are without hope. Your life is in a hopeless, unsavable condition without his grace, without his touch. And that is this man's condition. It's where this guy's at. He was a hopeless man apart from the grace of God. And he is in a place of desperate prayer, a place where he is crying out desperately. I thought about that. You know what? This is not just asking prayers. This is not just seeking prayer. This is desperate knocking prayer. This is where I'm knocking and I'm not stopping until that door opens. I am not going to give up. I will continue to knock. And I am desperate. I have got to see you move in my life. I need you, Jesus, to come and to do this in my life. I can hear the, the, the quiver of his voice, the tears in his face. As he's laying there in the dirt, calling out. And what does he say? Lord. Lord, I love that. Lord. He recognizes and acknowledges that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right there, this humble man in this position. You know, and we'll see this as we go further into our study here, but we'll see that the religious leaders, they didn't recognize that, and nor would they acknowledge that, but this leper does. This this leper recognizes and acknowledges what the religious refused to. He sees that Jesus is Lord. And he calls him that. And he says, if you will, you can make me clean. I love the humility of that statement. He's saying, again, he's got no, I don't know at this point if he's got any kind of religious background at all. I don't know if he knows the you know, the proper context of prayer? I, I, don't, I don't know. He, but he is saying, you know, you know what? I worship you because you're Lord. And I believe you have the power to heal. And you don't have to. But I'm humbly asking that you would. It's, I, I see that as a tremendous humble prayer of faith. I believe that you're able 
but my faith says I will worship you even if you don't. Is that our prayer, Lord? I worship you. You are Lord. And I come to you in this place of need. I come to you and I bring these things to you, Lord, because you're loving. And I know that you're able. So I make my requests known unto you. And then what Jesus does is amazing. Jesus touches this leper. In verse 13, it says, and he, and he stretched, Jesus stretches out his hand. And what? He touched him. The, the, again, this is amazing. How long do you think it had been since somebody touched him? How, how long? It, it could have been years since anybody's touched him, put a hand on him, hugged him, possibly decades. And Again, this is amazing. Because to be full of leprosy meant that this guy's condition was far advanced. He, he'd had this for a long time, and he hadn't been touched in a long time. You know what this guy was used to? He was used to people running from him, not used to anybody coming to him. He was used to people just running and taking off. Leper, there's a leper. Unclean, unclean. Everybody run. The greatest fear anybody had was touching a leper. You don't, you don't touch a leper. There's a lot of reasons why you don't touch a leper, but, and we'll talk about that, but this guy's used to people running from him because nobody touches a leper. But what does Jesus do? He reached out and touched the leper. Now again, see this. God lays down his robe of glory, steps away from the throne of heaven, takes upon himself flesh, and comes into this world as Jesus the Lord. And what he doesn't do in here, he doesn't stand at a distance and say, be healed. He doesn't do that. Be clean. He doesn't do that. He could have done that, right? He's Jesus. He, he could have done that. He could have just said, be clean, and the man would have been clean. But instead, what does he do? He touches him. He touches him where? He touches him right there in the middle of this crowd. Right there in front of all the... He probably reached out and touched him in front of some of those priests that had thrown rocks at the man. Right there in front of all of his fans and all of his followers and all of those that were coming to hear him preach. Right there in the middle of it all, Jesus reaches out and he touches this man. He stops teaching. He stops answering questions. He stops doing all of the things that he was doing here. And for a moment here, he devotes every moment, all of his attention, all of his attentions were where? On this desperate man. And he touches him. This man was probably worried. He didn't know what Jesus was going to do. And so he falls down on his face. He's probably in the most, as vulnerable as he was, he's probably now in the most vulnerable state he had ever been in. He's down on his face in front of Jesus. He doesn't know if the crowds are going to start kicking him, stoning him, 
cursing him, driving him out. He's probably wondering, why am I doing this? I'm in the most vulnerable place I've ever been in. These people are going to kill me. What am I doing here? He's this broken, desperate, leprous man laying face down in the dirt and begging Jesus, please heal me. You know, I have a feeling that there's quite a few of you that have been in a position before where you've been in a vulnerable place. And you have felt broken, despair, abandoned, cast out. And you came to a place where you're desperate and you're hurting. That's where he was. And what was he expecting? He was expecting a word from God, a word from Jesus. That's what he was expecting. But what he gets is a touch from Jesus. Think about it. He gets a touch from Jesus. He's expecting a word. That's the most he could even expect or hope for. And all of a sudden, he feels something that he has not felt in years and years and years. Maybe he's even forgotten what it was. But Jesus reached down and he touches this man. He felt in this moment, church, listen, he felt the touch of God on his back. Jesus touched him. And this church is one of the reasons, of many reasons, why we love Jesus Christ so much. Because Jesus reaches out and touches the unclean. He reaches out and touches the sinner. He comes and reaches out and touches the broken, touches the castaway. He comes and touches the ones who have been cast out from society. He comes, that's what he does. I thank God that he didn't just speak a word. I thank God he reached out and touched this man because Jesus in that moment was being affectionate to that man who had not been, had affection, experienced affection in years and years and years. Jesus was loving a man that the rest of the world had cursed and hated. Jesus was pronouncing blessing on this man that everyone else called cursed. Jesus was encouraging this man who had had nothing but discouragement all of his life. And listen, Jesus, when he reached out and touched that man, Jesus was publicly dignifying this guy. He was, listen, he was ministering by that touch. He was ministering to this man's identity. He was reaching out to that. I, I find this amazing. Now, again, the scripture doesn't say that. This, this is just my, I'm, I, I'm assuming, so please, I, I, it doesn't say this. But I think in that moment that Jesus reached down and touched him at some point in here, I think Jesus asked the leper what his name was. Because I don't want to call you leper. I want to speak to to your identity. And Jesus was ministering to this man right where he was. Come on, isn't that amazing? The religious leaders of the day, they actually believe this. You cannot touch somebody. They believe that they, you can't touch somebody who has leprosy because if you do, you become ceremonially, ritually, religiously unclean. If you search the scriptures, you will find that's not a biblical thing. 
That was a religious man-made rule. That's what the religious people, they thought that because this guy was unclean, if you touch this man, then you become unclean. What they didn't realize is that Jesus, when Jesus touched that man, there was no, Jesus didn't become unclean. The man became clean. Jesus was not about, listen, Jesus was not about to obey some religious rule at the expense of this man. He wasn't about to obey what the religious says was acceptable or not acceptable at the expense of this guy because he loved him. And Jesus was saying, I love him. I am identifying myself with him. He, I came for him. I came to heal those who are hurting. I came to be the friend to the castaway. I came to touch this man and he needs my touch. And I won't let your religious rules stop me. Yeah. And Jesus reached out and touched him. And touch is an amazing gift. You know, for many people, touch is one of their love languages. That I can't live without touch. Child development psychologists, they'll tell you that without touch, a human being actually doesn't develop properly. They don't mature properly, and their lifespan is shortened. So a child that is raised in isolation, they die. Just like human beings in general, if they live in isolation, they die. That's why God said in Genesis 2, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good to be in isolation like that. This man, he's been in isolation. He has been alone for years and he's dying. He is dying, emotionally dying. He is physically dying. And now Jesus lays his hand on him and new life begins the moment Jesus laid hands on him and restores him. How amazing. Church, do you know that Jesus is seeking Still today, to touch a broken, decaying, infected, disgusting, sin-filled humanity. He loves you that much. And this is just the example, because the comparison scripturally is the disgusting, uncurable disease of leprosy in our physical being is compared to this disgusting, incurable infection of sin in our spiritual life. And Jesus reaches out and touches us when we are declared by the religious to be untouchable. And I want you to know it's because he loves you that much. That much. And you know, also as a church, We are the proverbial body of Christ. And therefore, as a church, he has left us here to be his body, which means that we got to stop running from people because they're in sin. we got to stop bailing out on people because they're having a hard time or because what they're doing is disgusting. We cannot bail out on people that God has called us to go to. And he's showing us this in this place of the leper. There where Jesus came to him, didn't run from him. And there's a lot of people running around today calling out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And it's a cry for help. And Jesus has left us here as the body of Christ to go out and to reach out and to touch, to lay hands on those who are sick, to go out and to minister, to put a hand on the shoulder, to give a hug to somebody that's struggling, that's having a hard time. 
We cannot cast out everybody that's in sin because that's what Jesus left us here to do is the body of Christ. To be a loving touch. People need you. People need you. And he's left you here to fill that need. We need to reach out to our neighbors. We need to reach out to the people around. We can't let the fact that there's sinners stop us. That should encourage us to go to them. That should encourage us to reach out to them. That should allow us not to stop. That, we got to help people come to Jesus. This whole thing is amazing to me. I can't, I, I've been really just going over this in my mind over and over and over again, thinking about Jesus in the dirt, kneeling down and hugging this leper before he was healed. Your sin won't stop him from coming to you. And he wants to embrace you. And he wants to pull you in close so that you can know his love, that you can know his healing, you can know his restoration. He wants to pull you close. Your sin does not disgust him. He came to set you free from it. And, and I, this whole story, I, I, again, it goes on and it says this saying, I will be clean. So he touches this man. He hears his heart. He begins to restore him, and, and, and he says, I will heal you. Be clean. And I love this. And immediately, the leprosy left him. His skin was immediately healed. What I don't know, and, and I'll, I'll share my thoughts on this real briefly as I close this. I don't know whether he grew fingers back. I don't know whether his nose came back. I don't know whether his toes came back. It doesn't say. Personally, I don't think they did because I think Dr. Luke would have said something. That would have been a pretty big part of this whole story. So as I was praying through that, well, why God? Why would that, you know, won't that man look at those scars every day and say, why did this happen to me? And God said, no. He'll look at those scars every day and see what God did for him. Amen. Those scars will be a constant reminder of the grace of God that came into his life when he was the most desperate, the most down, the most out that he could be, and those scars would be a reminder of what it was that God did for him in his life. But it would also be a reminder for those who saw him. It would be the opportunity for him to say, yes, I understand what it is to be in a condition like you are. Let's go to Jesus because look at what he did for me. Church, sometimes we, we think when we come to Christ that not only do we become clean, because this man became clean, he did not have to call out, unclean! We think that because we still have scars, that God must not have done the complete work. And that's not true. 
Those scars are a reminder for you of the grace of God in your life, the grace of what God saved you out of, the grace of what God did to bring you out of that place where you once were stuck. It's the grace of God to show you that those scars are there to remind you of what he's done and things in your life that others will see and you can use those scars to help people come to Jesus Christ. I don't know, if, if you find some other biblical explanation of all of that, please share that with me. I'm just kind of sharing my thoughts in some of this. I don't know what happened to the guy with his fingers and hands, and I don't know. All I know is that this, no longer was he unclean. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. No longer was he unclean. Amen. Come on, just one touch from Jesus. One touch from Jesus can restore what sin and decay has taken and robbed you from. Imagine, because I'm going to go into this, but what happens after this is amazing. Do you know that when a leper was healed and cured, that there was mandated at least a week-long party? There's so much good news in this, and I want you to be encouraged with what it was that God did in this time and in this story and why he gave us this story. Because there's a lot of you that are going through some stuff in your life and don't understand what and why this is going on. Even with him, I don't know all the what's and why's. All I know is this. He came to Jesus, unclean and incurable, and he left Jesus cured and clean. Thank you, Lord. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Thank you, Lord. See, I, I believe this, church. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, just, again, just so you can be alone with yourself for a moment, I believe that today, I believe you received a word from Jesus today. But how many of you would say, but Pastor, I need a touch from Jesus. I, I, I need I needed the physical touch. How many of you would say, Pastor, that's me today? You'd raise your hand up and just say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Come on, I see that. Well, you can tell, obviously, this is something that is really desperately important to so many people. We need a touch from you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Humbly, just tell him. But this, this leper came in the middle of the crowd. He didn't wait when nobody was around. He, he came in the middle of the crowd. And he, he wasn't going to let what people thought. He wasn't going to let what people said stop him from getting to Jesus. He wasn't going to let the stones that were thrown stop him from getting to Jesus. He wasn't going to let the religious or the cultural rules. He wasn't going to leave, even in his own life, if he had some preconceived religious thoughts, he wasn't going to let those stop him from getting to Jesus. Look, it's time for some of you, for some of you, it's time for you to deal with this wretched condition called sin once and for all. And you need to come to the altar, to come to Jesus. 
For some of you that are, that are just needing some healing in your life, some healing in your spirit, some healing in what you've been going through, it's time to come to Jesus. And I'm just going to open this up. If you need to come to Jesus, this altar is open. Come and if you need to fall on your face, we'll help you get back up. Get on your knees. And we'd love to pray with you. To hug you. To love you. Because we are the body of Christ. So Lord, if there are those in that condition, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would tug at their heart in such a way that they could not give in, they could not stop, that they would be willing, Lord, not to let anything, no pride, no, no what will people think, nothing stop them from getting to you coming to that place being touched by the hand of the Almighty. You know, I found myself as I was studying through this, I found myself envious of the leper. To be embraced by God Almighty He wants to extend his embrace to us, to you. And if you need that today, I want you to know this altar is open, and it's open for you. Sweet. 
Thank you for this day in which you have given us. Thank you, Lord, for your touch in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being the body of Christ. Thank you for sending us out. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being your anointed, those who would go out and answer the call. And I pray, God, that as we leave this place today, we would go out into this world with the purpose of being the church, to be your body. I thank you for that today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. God bless you all. Have a beautiful day today. Don't forget, get plugged into a life group. Get yourself involved in life, family. Be a part of it all. God bless you all. Have a great day today.